Great to gather with you this morning and to sing with you and to hear the scriptures read and participate in that. You know, at Christmas time, and specifically at a Christmas Eve service, we anticipate coming and hearing the story, hearing the history of Jesus Christ coming to earth, born as a baby. We come to church, we gather on Christmas Eve, and we anticipate hearing about the angel announcement to the Virgin Mary that she's going to conceive and give birth to a child as a result of miraculous intervention. We anticipate hearing about the near divorce of Joseph and Mary as Joseph hears that his betrothed wife is expecting and it's not his child. We anticipate hearing of the angel reaffirming that announcement to Joseph. And then we expect hearing about Joseph and Mary and their travels to Bethlehem as a result of a registration taking place and about them traveling to Bethlehem and there's no room in the end, no room for them to stay. And we expect to hear about the birth of Jesus Christ in a manger, in a stable. We expect to hear the story of the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and the star and the gifts. Uh, we, we come on Christmas morning and we expect to hear all of this history. We expect to hear that story. And if we're attentive, we also anticipate that there will be a history shared that even is greater and longer history than just that story because the story of Jesus Christ was announced clear back at the very beginning. In the Garden of Eden, in the very beginning, when the human race was deceived by evil, and when the man and woman disobeyed God and collapsed the world into chaos and death and despair, God made a promise. God made a promise. God promised that he would send a savior, a rescuer, a man. A man would be born of a woman who would come and crush Satan and end evil and destroy death, and usher in life and relationships to mankind again. God made a promise to Adam, and then he expanded on that promise to Noah, and to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Jesse, David, Solomon, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah. God made that promise, and he expanded that promise over the history and beyond the promises being made, we have prophecies being made, hundreds of them, informing us when this child would be born, where he would be born, the events surrounding his birth, the fact that he would be virgin-born, the fact that he would be announced by a star and preceded by a prophet and born in Bethlehem, yet called out of Egypt and identified as a Nazarene, prophecies about his miraculous life that he would lead, a miraculous life as the unique Emmanuel, God with us born of a woman, yet born of God, a miraculous man who would succeed where humanity failed, a man who would come and save us from ourselves and rescue us unto God, a work that only he could do. We expect to come and hear all of this history. And, and, and from that history, we often make a beeline to the history of the cross, where Jesus Christ was truly revealed as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world where Jesus was revealed as the Son of God who reconciles mankind to God in a relationship through his own submission and sacrifice and humble service. Jesus is not only the Lamb of God, but he is the Son of God. He is also the Satan crusher revealed in his resurrection as he restores life and authority to mankind through himself and taking from Satan the keys of death. In all of this history, the promises, the prophecies, 
and even in the provision of Jesus Christ himself, we are reflecting on the fact that all of God's promises find their resounding yes in Jesus Christ. And we come on Christmas morning, and we expect, or Christmas Eve for us, and we expect to hear this history. And the history is meaningful. The history is foundational to our faith. But often as we uh, gather together on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve, not only do we expect to hear the history, but often we jump out to the future and we reflect on the ultimate reward that Jesus Christ has secured for us. As the old Christmas carol says, and man shall live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Uh, Jesus himself said, for God so loved the world that he gave as a gift his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. Those who trust in Jesus, God's gift to us, those who trust in Jesus, believe that he is God, believe that he is that promised man, the promised rescuer, the promised savior, believe that he told us the truth and he is the truth, believe that he showed us the way and he is the way, believe that he is right and therefore they trust in him. Those who trust in Jesus are graciously and gloriously saved unto God, and they're looking forward to an incomparable and glorious future. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, they're looking forward to the return of Jesus, our resurrected Savior. They're looking forward to the resurrection and glorification of their body. They're looking forward to the reunion of all of God's people from all of the angels. They're looking forward to the revelation of God and the reward of being awed by him forever and reigning with Jesus as a co-heir. What a future. What a future that has been secured for us because of Jesus Christ, because of his coming, because of his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And so at Christmas time, we come and we often reflect on this glorious history of all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and we also look forward in faith to what God promises to do for us and be for us when Jesus Christ returns. But what about right now? We anticipate the reflection on the history. We anticipate the reflection on the future. But what about today? What is the gift of Jesus Christ for you today? Right now. I'll mention three things out of the million that we could mention. And I'll speak of them this morning in the first person. But I'll mention forgiveness, freedom, and fellowship. Forgiveness, freedom, and fellowship. In Romans chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says this, Blessed, happy, (laughs) blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Because of Jesus Christ, my sins, which are many, my sins, which would drown me in guilt, my sins, which would condemn me forever, my sins are forgiven, all of them. Have you ever been hindered in a relationship because of unforgiveness? That's heavy. Our relationship with God was hindered. We were separated from God because of our sin. Jesus has come and dealt with our sin. Dealt with our sin in his own body at the cross. My sin has been paid for by Jesus. He has satisfied God's justice. Sin will never be overlooked. It'll never be swept under the rug. God always deals with sin justly. And now, 
because Christ has paid for my sin, justice has been satisfied, and pardon, amnesty, forgiveness has been given. And when I think about my sin specifically, all of my sin has come after the cross. That means the sins which I have committed and the sins that I yet will commit in the future, they've all been forgiven. I have been totally forgiven because Jesus, he is our forgiveness. And that forgiveness is now. Jesus, who is God in the flesh, he has the authority. He's God. He has the authority to forgive sins. And through receiving him, we receive the forgiveness and the reconciliation to God that he has provided for us. There's no longer a barrier between us. I have no debt to pay. I have no work to perform. It's been paid in full. I am forgiven now, forgiven today, forgiven completely. That's a, that's a burden lifted. Not only am I forgiven, but I am free. Free. Free from the things that used to hold me hostage. Free from things that were held me in bondage. Free from the things that God promised in the very beginning would be provided in Christ. I'm free from Satan, free from sin, free from death, free from condemnation, free from deserved judgment, free from my misguided notions to what this life is all about. I once was a slave. I was born into that world as a slave. God shone the light of the glory of himself in the face of Jesus Christ, and I placed my faith in Jesus, and I was set free. Jesus' death has become my death. Jesus' life has become my life, his resurrection, my resurrection, and I am free. Galatians chapter 5 says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Former slaves who have been set free often find it difficult to navigate their newfound freedom. They don't know how to live that life. They've always been under an oppressor, under a master. They've always been told what to do and where to go and when to do it. And former slaves who have been set free, they, they have to learn how to live a new life and to experience such new experiences of freedom, something so different. And today, that's where I am, learning to navigate this glorious newfound freedom no longer under Satan, no longer under sin, no longer under death. I belong to King Jesus. I no longer belong to an evil oppressor. I belong to a benevolent king, King Jesus, and I have been set free, set free to do right, set free to do good, set free to live the life that God intended for me to live. And then finally, forgiveness, freedom, and fellowship. I'm not alone. There are others who have been forgiven and set free, and they form a gracious community. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, it says that through faith in Jesus Christ, we have fellowship with God and fellowship with his Son. In verse 7, it says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship with God, fellowship with one another, what a blessing. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Forgiven people become forgiving people. Self-righteous people become judgmental. But forgiven people become a forgiving community. And former slaves, 
they become happy participants in freedom and they become great encouragers learning together how to live this new life. So people who have been joined together in this fellowship, they praise God and they press forward in faith and they do it together. I'm not in this life all alone. There are others. So what about now? Because of Jesus, today there's forgiveness, forgiveness of sin, and not just our past sins, but all of our sins, all of them. Not only is there forgiveness, but there's freedom, freedom from the things that held us in bondage, and there's fellowship, a fellowship that in the New Testament is often described as family, children of the Heavenly Father, sons and daughters, gladly living in the freedom of being under King Jesus' authority. So what is the gift of Jesus for you today? I've mentioned three things. We could go on indefinitely, right? We could go on all day. I've mentioned three. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our acceptance. Jesus is our great high priest. We, we could just go on and on and on. I've mentioned three things. We could say... Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you today is that if you have not received the gift of Jesus, that today would be the day of your salvation, and that today would be the day that you would receive, humbly receive Jesus Christ as the gift he is to you from God, freely given, humbly received. There's no work for you to perform There's no ritual for you to engage in. There's no mantra for you to communicate. There's no pilgrimage for you to take. If you would simply place your faith in Jesus Christ, God would have you as his very own. And it's grace to you. Grace to you. Grace to me. If you believe that he is the one he claimed to be, the promised one, the one who was prophesied, the one who was provided, the one who came, And believe that he is God and he's your way to God and gladly come under his authority because he's right. Then God would graciously have you as his very own and you'd be forgiven and set free and joined to others who've had that same experience. For those of you who have received Jesus, you can rejoice in these realities and you can remember 10,000 more. We'll not exhaust the riches of all that God is for us in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Merry Christmas and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather this morning with a singular purpose, to remember Jesus Christ, to rejoice in him, and to glorify you, a gracious God, who saw our plight, who knew our need, who entered into time and space in a person Jesus Christ, who dealt with our need through his obedience, through his humble service, through the cross, through the resurrection. We gather this morning to remember Jesus and glorify you and rejoice in the gift that you've given us. So undeserved, we are happy recipients. Father, we rejoice in Jesus. Father, I pray for those today who have never placed their faith in Jesus that today would be the day of their salvation. And for those who have, I pray that this would be a great reminder of great rejoicing, that we might continue our worship this morning. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us and giving us your love in the person of your son. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.